hey all, Frank here. I just wanted to jump in real quick before we get started with a brand new Disney Moms Gone Wrong. Unfortunately, we have another audio issue with this episode. Sarah's recording, her audio was deleted. So it'll sound like she's calling in. The other two voices sound good, but her sound like she's calling in. It's a really good episode nevertheless, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Again, we are doing a giveaway for one more week. So if you guys want to get yourself a shirt from our shop, including the Disney Moms Gone Wrong one, review the podcast and send it on over to us, DM us on any of our social medias, and we'll get you entered into the giveaway. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. All righty. Hello, hello, hello. It is Sarah here from your Disney Moms Gone Wrong, and I am joined by my two beautiful ladies who's here with me. Hey, guys, it's Susie. I'm back. It's Diana. Wait, I'm sorry. What's your what's you're not Diana anymore. Um, I I am I I'm Mrs. Beckworth. I'm sorry, Mrs. Beckworth. <laughs> As she flexes her new ring underneath her, t- <laughs> showing it off. All right, tell us, tell us, how was the great, the big, the mighty mouse house? Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do when we talk about this is we are gonna remove Florida's disrespectful ass heat and humidity <laughs> because. I just wanted to die. Like, we were not at the park for one hour before I told Paul, if we don't go buy a cooling rag, I'm, I'm going back to the room. Uh, like, like, this is disgusting. Like, yeah. you just immediately are, like, just drenched in sweat. I was like, I don't even sweat like this at the gym. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, I, it was, <sighs> okay, that part was terrible. but. It was really awesome. You guys, it's just crazy because there are so many things that like Disney World does really well that I'm like, oh, Disneyland could do that and it would be better. And then there's so many things that I'm like, oh, I really preferred this in Disneyland. And a lot of people told me when I went to Disney World, it would ruin Disneyland for me. And that like you wouldn't look at Disneyland the same because Disney World's just so great. And to be honest with you, like I'm 100% Disneyland over Disney World any day. Really? Yes. I think we probably just lost like five listeners. Um, <laughs> that is such a controversial topic. I would it go is. to, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to visit Disney World again. Animal Kingdom is so cool. It's the only thing Disneyland really doesn't have um, is Animal Kingdom. And I loved it. Like, Paul was just like, mm, I could always kind of do without this park. And I just thought it was, like, great. Um, okay, hold on. Animal Kingdom. Is that, like, an actual zoo? Because, like, there's, like, so, this... St- thing and on netflix that talks about it so it's like it's like a, a disney park and it has rides and it has like and that's where like the whole avatar world is um but it has a safari and it's like a 30 minute safari ride and you get in these like big cars and you have a driver and you drive through a safari and the animals are just like around and there's like literally like giraffes and hippos and zebras and like Damn crocodiles and gorilla like there's just like everything and then like you could walk through different parts of it and see like gorillas and then you can walk through like a different part of the park and there's tigers and there's otters and like it's just really freaking cool and um i i absolutely loved animal kingdom and paul's like i really didn't think that like you were gonna like it as much as you like it because it's his least favorite park like he thinks it's kind of boring it has Mm -hmm. his favorite ride in it well, that's the only thing he likes about that park. He's like, I could do that one ride and leave. And um, 
I think Paul's favorite park is probably Magic, uh, probably Epcot. Okay. I heard Epcot is beautiful. Epcot is amazing, and it's not what I thought it was. I'm so uneducated on Disney World until I went. Like, everyone talks about the big ball, right? And then everyone says you go around to all these different countries. I just assumed there was, like, a big ball. And then surrounding the big ball was, like, booths of different countries. Is it not like that? Please explain. (laughs) The whole park. Like, picture Disneyland. And then, like... When you're in Frontierland, you're in Germany. And then when you go down a little bit more, you hit France. It's like whole Mm. cities. Like when you go into Japan, you can go into stores like you would in Japan. Oh, wow. Like when you go into China, uh, China, they have like these very beautiful Chinese buildings. Like it's actually not at all what I thought it was going to be. And we went during the Food and Wine Festival, so we got to eat a hell of food. Um, It was phenomenal. I think. Epcot was probably my favorite just for like how diverse it was. Um, Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom was awesome because that's like your main street, right? That's mm-hmm. like your Disneyland feel. Um, Hollywood Studios was really cool, but we finished it in half a day and I didn't feel like I needed to stay. And we left early that day and went to Disney Springs and then enjoyed our room a little bit because we stayed on property. So we wanted to enjoy the room. Um, and... Uh, the the best part at Hollywood Studios is I wanted to do Tower of Terror because I loved it when it was in California and I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but I love Tower, so I wanted to go on Tower just for the nostalgia. Um, and they have the Rock and Roller Coaster, and that ride is epic. Um, but Epcot has, and it just re- it's a new ride. And it's Guardian of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. That is the best ride I've ever been on. Ooh. Was we, the wait long? So they were only doing lightning lanes and virtual queues because it's so new. Oh. So the first day we were there, we got a lightning lane, but then it kept like pushing us back and pushing us back and pushing us back. Or we got in the virtual queue, sorry. And it kept pushing us back. So then finally we were like, you know what? Let's just go back to the room a little early, go have dinner, and then um, go about our day. So we did. And then on Friday when we went to Epcot, because we were there for six days, on Friday when we went to Epcot, we got the the lightning lane and we rode it. And when we lightning laned it, we might have waited 10 to 12 minutes. They were saying it was going to be like an hour even with lightning lane. We didn't wait that long. Um, And it was amazing. So then at one o'clock when we had the option to go back through and do the um, virtual queue again. We got into the virtual queue to ride it a second time. And we were like both beating ourselves up for not doing the lightning lane on Monday because it was both of our favorite rides. Oh, it's epic. Like it is so amazing. Uh, But also Ratatouille is in Epcot. And I was like really excited to ride that ride also. (laughs) So (laughs) love it. Suzy, what have you been doing since we last podcast since you and I were we were on our Um, own I you guys you guys did this uh, mama cat so proud I think that's what I was called in the episode was the cat um y'all did me so proud well I'm excited to hear that I was very worried like okay Sarah we have a schedule let's 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 do our our list because I'm a type a personality as we all know I love it Um, but just i'm just all about that mom life right now oh my gosh um just trying to 
balance everything. I started school this week. So that's a whole nother thing. I'm taking on three classes a semester. Just like, I want to get this shit done. <laughs> what are you going to school for? Anything specific right now? Um, so my major is business administration. Uh, but right now I'm just at a community college finishing okay. up my general ed Gen requirements. Ed. Yeah. Way to do it. That is oh a hard balance. It's extremely hard. Making sure you meet your deadlines for school. That is rough. It is. All while trying to like find a part-time, full-time maybe job. I don't know. Oh, I'm insane. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't like sleep, apparently. <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I I will say in my in our last podcast, I had a week off and I did a very quick kind of last minute spontaneous uh mommy and daughter trip to Disneyland. <sighs> and we literally flew down there, stayed at my crashed at my aunt's and then went to Disneyland the next day and flew home the following day after that. And it was just a quick trip and it was solely and purely about just spending time with my oldest girl and um uh I really wanted her to see the light parade before it went away and that I have such fond memories of the light parade and growing up when I was a kid and I don't know why I was like I just really want her to experience that but what I like I was so caught up in the Disney hype I wasn't thinking like oh crap I'm traveling with a toddler by myself yeah. So, like, I thought of like Susie the whole time and <laughs> traveling with Marco because it really was like, oh my gosh, it like people were so helpful, which was amazing. And of course, people at Disneyland were even more helpful. And I mean, Kyrie did amazing. Like, she was so good the whole time. She was a trooper. Like, you um, want somebody to open and close the park? She did the damn thing. She took I'm an hour nap saying, and she was good. I'm just saying maybe her and Huck need to experience Disneyland together because that boy most my ride or die. Yeah, she was like, I mean, granted, like it was literally just like a yes day. Whatever she wanted to write, my focus was solely on her. And it mm -hmm. was the best. Like we, it was one of my top trips to Disneyland. I told Eddie I will be doing this every year just a mommy and me trip i mean right now with just the one and you know and then eventually i'll do both of my girls but best trip ever she hung for the parade it was i love but it not like phenomenal though i do have to call you out because i, I got a text i was just gonna say this didn't she get banned <laughs> you had to ban your daughter for a minute I did. So I literally had, if I posted pictures of my daughter on social media, this would have been on the Disney mom's face. Maybe I'll just, no, because you have to see her face. We literally, I was like so impressed because like I went through the airport, like no meltdowns. I went, you know, we like, we were on the airplane, no meltdowns. Rental car, no meltdowns. First half of Disney day. No meltdowns. We are standing in line to meet Mickey Mouse. And she is amped. Like, she is amped. 
we, I pushed the stroller up to finally meet Mickey. Like, we just waited in line because she was so excited. She got up to meet Mickey, screamed her damn head off. No. Like, she wanted nothing to do with him. I She must have knew he was an imposter because <laughs> she was like, get the F away from me. As soon as we put, I pushed her, like, I didn't even take her out of the stroller. And we got some great, like, classic kids screaming at Disneyland pictures. I like that. I'm just standing there laughing. And, like, you know, and everybody actually in line, because I was like, well, folks, this is Disneyland. And, um, you know, people in the line were laughing. So it was, like, so, like, it was just that picture, like, "Mm mm-hmm, this is why people don't go to Disneyland. And then, like, (laughs) you know, Mickey, like, blew her a kiss. We walked away. Instantly stopped crying. I'm. There was something wrong with that Mickey Mouse. Then she mm. knew it. Yeah, she knew it. She was not fucking with Mickey. And mm-hmm. it, but it was like Mickey's imposter is what she would say. <laughs> when we were in Disney World, because Huck really loved Mickey Mouse when we went in June. So when we were in Disney World, we waited in line because it was like a four minute wait to see Mickey Mouse. Like we just happened to get off a ride at the perfect time. And so when we were next in line, I FaceTimed Huck Mm. and Mickey played peekaboo on the phone with Huck and he blew him kisses and Huck just, Huck ate it up. It was so sweet. Not the Mickey in Disneyland. Mm -mm, Doesn't sound like it. Kyrie was not. mm -mm. She said, got a blast. Said, (laughs) but then not today, bro. You have like a mama secret and like a mama confession. Do it. I'm the ready. whole point of the script was to see the light parade, right? So mm-hmm. I even paid for like the premium. Like we went to the special lunch, so we didn't yeah. have to let. Like we got the reserved seating. Yeah, whatever. I did that. That's how invested I was to the parade. Mm-hmm. Literally, like five minutes before the parade started, I'm like sitting there and I go, I smell something, and she poops. Ah. Uh. And I'm just like kind of looking around for the nearest bathroom, and I know that where one is, and it's really not far. But we're like we got beautiful curbside seats, like right. perfect seats. Ah. And then to go across, it's totally blocked off with like lines of people wanting, you know, to see the parade. And so I'm like, well, kid, you're gonna sit in this to the end of the parade. Because hey. like. We're not losing these spots. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. There's no judgment. <laughs> Did she sit in her poop for a good like 16 minutes? Yes. Was it worth it? Yes. Like. Period. Sorry. Like she didn't get a rash. We were good. Right. But. It was fine. Right. I was like. I'm really just like. You know when you're. At that moment. I wished for blissful ignorance. Like. Because then I was like, man, I really just let her sit and poop. But damn, she loved that parade. So It was worth it. It's fine. When we took no Huck, guilt. when we took Huck, we were, um, we paid to go on Web Slingers in California. And we're in line. And it's me, Paul, Amaya, Amaya Stepdad.jv, and um, Huck. We're all in line. And her mom and the baby stayed out. She was feeding the baby. So. 
we're in the, like, we finally get all the way in. Like, even with the uh, lightning lane, you still had to wait a decent amount of time. So then we finally get all the way in. And Maya's like, did he poop? And I'm like, I don't smell anything. And we get into the next room. And me and Paul are like, he definitely pooped. And Paul goes, his shorts feel wet. So I couldn't, like, just let him sit in it, right? Because, like, at that point, it's a different kind of poop. Yeah. So I asked, like, a cast member that's, like, I, I see them, like, walking. And I'm like, excuse me. like. Is there any way to like get our like get back on the ride like we paid for our lightning lane? And so, um, and so she's like, Well, you can ask like the people in front of like in the front, like tell them that like what happened, they'll let you back on. So I had to get out of line and then go change his diaper, which thank God I did because it was about to come out the sides. Like his Uh shorts weren't wet, his shorts were not wet, but like it was bad. But what ended up happening is you could do a parent pass at Disneyland. So, like, if there's a ride I want to go on with Amaya, but Paul can't because the baby, then we go up. Yeah, we go up. They give us two more passes. And then after me and Amaya go, Paul and Amaya get to go. So, like, Amaya gets to, like, double dip, really, in all these rides. She, like, really made out in Disneyland. And so when we went back, I was like, can we? They told me you would give me the parent swap or whatever. And they gave me two, even though I. You know, it was only mine. I'd paid for one. They gave me two. So I brought her mom on with me because she was done feeding the baby. So me, her mom, and our two babies who are six months apart rode web slingers together. They got they got out of the ride and they were like, where are you guys? And we're like, oh, we're getting on the ride. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's my Disneyland poop story. I don't have any. <laughs> you're you're going to have one. We can't wait for it. We can't wait. Oh, you're going to be like, Marco, sit in that. But there's no judgment. <laughs> yeah, no, I did it, and I'm mad about it. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's get let's into it. Talk about Ratatouille. Who wants to break down Ratatouille for us? I loved this movie. Do you want to break it down, Susie? Or do you want me to break it down? I'll break it down. I'll break it down. Um, and I'm going to break it down quickly because, you know, this the breakdown's not the fun part of the podcast um, for everyone listening. But so there's this rat and he has like this amazing palate and sense of smell. And his family's like, no, like, like rats don't do that. Like we're rats. We eat garbage. Like, you know, whatever. Like they're ignoring his talent. And then they realize like he can um, like smell things so he could save their lives. And they put him to work being like the smeller of all the garbage food to make sure it's not poisoned. Um, and so he feels very like his talents are wasted. Then this like blood comes along. Am I right? That it was a flood? This was when I had to get up and take care of stuff with my child. It was the, they ended up like having to go into the, the lake the, river thing. Yeah. yeah. Like escape yeah. the old lady. Yes, it was the old lady. Thank you. I just remember water. And then I'm like, it's because they went into the river thing. So it's the old lady. They go to this river thing. They all get separated. And Remy, this rat, um, comes out and he's in front of Gustav's. 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 And he has Gustav as his little conscience. And he ends up like making his way into this restaurant. And how he does it is he's looking through the skylight at like this boy who just happens to get a garbage position, like cleaning and taking out garbage in this in this very fine dining restaurant. Um, and he's watching the boy basically just 
ruin the soup. And he's so, Remy's so upset that he's like trashing the soup that he leans too far on the window and it flips and he falls into the kitchen. As he's trying to leave slyly, he passes ingredients and he just like cannot help but to fix what this kid demolished. So he fixes it while the kid's trying to stop them from serving it because he saw Remy. It gets served and it ends up being like this huge masterpiece. They love the dish. So now everyone's like, wow, this kid who could barely walk straight, like klutz galore, like no coordination, um, can barely put together a sentence because he's so like nervous, it seems like. He's very like socially awkward. Yes. And so they're all like pushing for him to... um to start being a chef now, except for the little chef that's there. Like, he's not happy about it. I think he's Skinner, right? Wasn't he Skinner? So he's not happy about this at all. So fast forward, him and the mouse learn, him and Remy, the rat, learn how to work together. And he starts making all these masterpieces. And then, like, as it keeps going, Skinner knows something's going on. He finds out it's a mouse or a rat. I keep saying mouse. It's not a mouse. It's a big-ass rat. Um, He finds out it's a rat. And, um, and then Skinner gets let go. Homeboy gets the, um, restaurant. And then this big critic is there. The critic that kind of like made the restaurant not like it took away one of their stars. He's back to give a review and he wants like a certain dish from the chef and he'd pissed Remy off. So Remy dipped like Remy was like, I'm good without you. Like you did me dirty. So I'm out. And so he's like all nervous and Remy comes back. They make this dish. The guy's name's Ego. He loved it. It was a whole thing. And uh, basically it ends with that restaurant got shut down because like rats were running it. And um, they opened up a new one. The health inspector. Oh my God. I love it. And then (laughs) they. um, The rats hogtied. (laughs) They end it with the restaurant called Ratatouille. And Remy runs the restaurant. Pretty much. I love it. Well, well done. done. So it was like a very fast forward. We skipped some things, but we'll get into it in the podcast. I love it. Susie, what did you think of the movie? So this movie, <laughs> I love it, but it's like a, oh, more, I, I think it's more nostalgic than love is what I have for this. Uh, this is my mom's favorite movie, actually. Uh, and I think it's because of the whole rat controlling a human. Like, it's 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 funny. It's comical. It's there's also like a little bit of what triggers your mom. So I feel like there's another backstory there. Like, <laughs> it's a rat that controls a human. And my mom felt that in her shot. Like, I feel like there was more to that. Probably, but you know what? My mom's not a talker, so I don't know. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, but I, I like it because I watched it a lot growing up. Um, it was just one because it was my mom's favorite. It was within the rotation of movies in my home. Um though the idea of a rat cooking, the scene where all of the rats are in oh, the kitchen cooking, yes. and I'm just like, mm, that's that's the line that has been crossed. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yes. I can't get behind that. 
But um, like, did they yeah. sing their ABCs twice when they did it? Like- <laughs> they went in the sterilizer. Remember, <laughs> they went in the sterilizer. <laughs> no, so I have that same feeling, Susie, and I think part of the reason I feel that way. And like, I was gonna say, I have a love hate relationship because when I'm just watching the movie, I love it. But then mm-hmm. when, like, with any movie, you're like thinking of like the possibilities of that happening. I grew up in the country. And so we had to battle field mice all the time. And I was like, this is not something I ever want to do in my adult life again, except for now I do want to live in the country. So it'll be part of my life at some point. But um, so that's all I think about in this movie is like, how do I love this movie so much? But I spent my entire like childhood trying to keep mice out of the house. Yeah. So fun question here. Since we're on it. If you had to. And you absolutely have to. There's no opt-in out of this. Damn. Eat at a restaurant prepared by an animal. Which animal would you eat from? Or eat, like, if they cook the food? Okay. Mm. Damn. I think think it would have to be, like... Hold on. Hold on. Let me think about this one. I... I was going to say a monkey because same, like, but monkeys throw their own poop. So that does exactly. just not seem very goddamn sanitary to me. No, not all monkeys, though, because I feel like monkeys would probably be the most capable. Like, I'm trying to think, but like, I really think they would be the most capable of like flipping me a pancake or like an omelet or making it happen. Um. So I'm going to go with the non-poop throwing monkey. (laughs) So I was going to say that, but then I started, my my brain automatically went to like a rabbit hole. So I was like, okay, yeah, no, not monkeys. But then my brain switched to like squirrels, right? A squirrel or maybe even like a crow. Because crows are super smart when it comes to like figuring out how to find good food, right? Like I think they're the type of animal that'll throw like, shelled nuts onto the road and have cars run over them so that they can get the nut from inside of the shell. That is smart. Um, that is smart. And I also I also think about squirrels and how they can have like how they have hands, you know? <laughs> like they'd be able to toss me a pancake. <laughs> what about a bear? True. I could find you some honey, salmon. He the bear. Right. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Okay, so it's funny you said squirrel because I was thinking a chipmunk. Mm, okay. But then like it over and it overtook like I thought of a frog because one of those frogs might be like Princess and the Frog. Mm. Okay. okay. I see the and, connection. Like, make me some some beignets. But I went more towards the chipmunk first. Because like I'm just like they have little little hands that, you know, can cook. They don't have to be on all of their, like, paws to walk, keep it clean, cleanly. So it's like, all right, I could do that. Um, It's funny that this is the question you asked because on our Facebook, which I haven't been very active on since I've been back, but I'm going to pick it back up. Don't worry, guys. Um, I asked, would you let a rat cook for you? And the options were only Remy, heck no, and good food is good food. And 11 people said only Remy. One person said, heck no. And one person said, 
good food is good food. <laughs> and Lizzie and Lizzie Roth commented, if I found a rat that could cook, I would be so rich. True. Um, and I was just like, that is one way to put it. Like I I love it. That's no, I think okay, so I I would choose the ignorance is bliss. Like I just don't want to know. Don't tell me. Yeah, don't tell me, and we'll be good, and I'll eat whatever. Because, like, you go into restaurants now, you don't know who's cooking your food. You'd, like, True. think you do. But I bet you Remy's, Remy's up in there. There's um, things Paul makes that he makes with things I don't care for. And normally I'll eat it, and I won't notice. Like, because it'll just be, like, a small bit of what's in there. And he's not doing it to, like, hide it from me. He's just doing it because it's how the recipe is cooked. And if I taste it and I don't like it, I don't eat it, and I eat something else. But one time, I will never forget, I think it was meatloaf. He made something for me that I was like enjoying. And then he goes, and there's mushrooms in it. And I hate mushrooms. So immediately, my brain was like, nope, you don't like it. You're not. I wouldn't finish my food because I, don't, I genuinely like don't like mushrooms. But I didn't taste them. But once he told me that, I was like, I, I actually can't now. Like now that I know, like ignorance is bliss. Like now that I know what's in there, I'm feeling for it. And I think I taste it. And I think I feel it. And so I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat it. I also asked on our page, um, look at Remy running the kitchen. Do you like to cook or do you wish you had a Remy to cook for you? Which is kind of along the same context of would you eat food from a rat? And uh, most people, someone said, I wish I had Remy's friend to clean after I cook. Um, Lizzie mm. Roth said that. And I was like, yeah, I, I get that. And then... Um, Diana Valdez said, I love to cook, but I do wish I had Remy helping me. And then Macy Everly said, I'll take the animals from Snow White at this point. I'm crippled. And she hurt her leg. <laughs> so right oh, now no. I think she's in um, a boot or something. So she's like, I'll take anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take the animals from Snow White. They're little witching. I love it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> There's no oh, glass in that fucking window. Why can't you fly through? <laughs> right. She just stuck her hand through. It's not even like there wasn't glass and they were pretending there was glass. Like y'all just took an apple right, right there. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. We're all still scarred by just a little bit. How many episodes later and we still are traumatized? <laughs> Our PTSD is kicking in. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's, okay, so I love Ratatouille. I think it is so, like, first of all, I think it's aesthetically beautiful. Oh, like, yes. You have the imagery, uh, first of all, the French countryside, which was gorgeous with, you know, the um, old lady's house. And, like, that was just beautiful. Then you pan over into France. And it's, or in, to Paris. Again, beautiful Eiffel Tower. It's just painting a whole picture. But, like, the little nuances of the movie that you kind of, like, pick up on as it's going, like, the the chef, not little chef, but, like, the one Remy controls, his name is Linguini, which yes. is a pasta. Correct. But if you, like, you read later in the will, if you're paying attention, his name is Alfredo. Alfredo Linguini, Linguini. is his name. <laughs> and it just cracks me up. Yes. Gusto, his name is like for like French for gastric, which is eating what your stomach does. And it's just like clever little bitches. I absolutely love it. 
He's voiced by Brad Garrett, who is an actor from Everybody Loves Raymond. Tell me you didn't hear his voice when when oh, the whole time you were watching the movie the whole time. <laughs> so we talked before about like how wild it is the thought and like the process that Disney and Pixar place into making these movies, and um, we're not the only one who feels that way. So um, chef extraordinary Anthony Bourdain. R.I.P. He was an amazing chef. Um, it was his favorite movie, and he said it was it's his favorite food centric movie. And he said they got the food and the reactions to the food down so well. Even the tiny details in the food were there and like very, very realistic and how they would be in a real chef's kitchen. And he goes even down to like there's barely noticeable pink burns on um one of the on I think it's Colette's forearms. And it's from like a rack burn that you would often Mm. find if you were working in a chef's kitchen. So like they even like to the markings on like, oh, yeah, she like they would burn themselves or they would whatever. Um, He said, I really thought it captured a passionate love of food in a way that very few other films have ever done. So brilliant of Pixar. And then. I don't know, Susie, I know you brought it up on the one podcast, uh, I think when we were talking about cars, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but John Rathensburg, who is in every Pixar movie, was in this movie. Do yeah. you know who he played? No, no idea. He was the waiter. And <sighs> so, like, so I read that fun fact, because I did not catch it at first. Read the fun fact. And then I had to, like, go back and rewind that scene. And then as soon as I, like, really paid attention, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's him. Mustafa. <laughs> Faking a French accent. And I thought it was beautiful. It's the first time he's ever done an accent other than his own in a Pixar movie. And it's only the second time he's voiced a person. Hmm. And not an inanimate object like a car or something different. I just, this movie, every time I watch it, I fall more in love with it. Like, I just think it's so beautiful. And it makes, I like to cook. I enjoy cooking. I wish I had, like, an unlimited budget and unlimited amount of time. Yes. Yes. That is where my heart lies. So if you could do, you could do. One thing that you're so passionate about for the rest of your life, no, like, no budget, no limit, whatever. Hmm. What would it be? Is sleep an option? I miss sleep. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think if money was no object and everything else, you know wasn't into the factor i think something about helping the community or giving back to the community that you live in is something that i would love to do for the rest of my life and i think it just comes from like my nature like how i am and how i was built but i really do believe that there's still good in mankind (laughs) so i think giving back into the community is something that i would love to do all the time if possible She's a much better person than me. <laughs> listen to how listen to how selfless her answer was. 
if I could do anything, money wasn't an option, I would have, I would go to school for cosmetology and I would have my own hair salon. In um, 2019, my job allowed us to finally have like pretty colored hair. And so I did like reds and purples and me and my friend, my best friend, Nicole, always did each other's hair. And we would always tell everyone, they would go, where did you get your hair done? Like, it looks great. Where'd you go? And we'd go, well, we say, oh, we went to Diana and Nicole's Ratchet House of Hair. <laughs> and they would, they would be like, where <laughs> is that? House? Like, where is that? And we're like, oh, it's in Gaul. And they were like, what? what's a Gaul? Like, where? what's the address? <laughs> and I'm like, just kidding. Like, it was my house. Like, we did our own hair. But like, that's what we would always say, like. When we would like do each other's hair, like I put bright colors in my kids' hair. So I'd be like, come on, sit down. Diana Nicole's ratchet has a hair coming to you. Like it was just kind of our thing. So like, honestly, if I could do anything, I would probably get my license and open a salon of some sort. Hmm. Cool. And I did not know that about you. Like that was one of your passions. I love it. I think mine would be like, I would love to have a library. Like a community like I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I would. I have always always like I wanna be a librarian. Like and not even just the sexy librarian, but if that worked and I had the hot bod yeah, totally. Right. But I would be a librarian or I would just bake. I would lo- I would love to bake. Baking was my three day. Baking was my second. Yeah. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how you touched on Susie, like um, you were saying how to give back and there's more. And I think that's what was so great about Ratatouille as well, is that Remy had a gift and he knew he had a gift. And it was Gusto who challenged him, like, why would you sit and squander your gift, essentially paraphrasing yeah. that in a really cool accent. But I do think that's something like we tend to. And I think now, again watching it as an adult through my, it's, we get so wrapped up in what our to-do list is, or, you know, we have to go and make sure we're working our eight hours, you know, or however long we work to create a paycheck, go to bed, do it all over the next day that we're losing our passion. Yeah, I agree. Losing those like times to go out there and do these things. So I think that's, what's great about Ratatouille. It's like, we're like, we're not robots. We have a heart. Yeah. And with that heart comes with those passions and those things, but like our driving factors. And so I think that's where it's a reminder, like, yeah, yeah, life's complicated and you're a rat and maybe rats don't belong in a kitchen. But would you let that squander your dream? I think that um, exactly like also to the point of like taking a career path that your family doesn't agree with. Like, I think that really is foreshadowed in this, how, like, I think it's yeah. very common that someone decides, I want to go on this. Co- I'm not a doctor, but like, you see it often in like shows, but I think they mimic real life where like the dad's a doctor, the mom's a doctor, they want the child to be a doctor. And yeah. then the child's like, damn, I just kind of wanted to like play music or I just want, you know, something a lot less. I don't know what the word for, like a lot less like praised than a doctor and the child. Yeah. Thank you. Something not as prestigious. And then, you know, they, they take that job and, and the family does tend to shun, shun them and make that child the black sheep. And that's what happened to Remy. And then you see it come full circle because I think often what happens even in real life is 
once that kid doesn't fail and that kid succeeds, that family circles back and they go, you know what? Or, you know, when they see how they're, they are struggling, but it is their passion and, and they go, wow, like we're pushing our dreams on them and we need to like let them shine. Um, and then that family goes back and, you know, they do whatever it takes to show their support. They run a kitchen full of rats. They yeah. go to all of your shows. They buy tickets. They, you know, they support you. And I think that that's a really big message in this too, is like, don't be afraid to take the path less traveled. Don't be afraid to do the career path that your family might not have thought was the career path for you. And um, you're going to have people who support you. And I feel like his brother always supported him. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> oh, a hundred. Yeah. Hundred. Well, honestly, think about it. Like if I took a job, like say I, I did do cosmetology and people are like, what is she doing? And my sister supported me. She's going to help me hook up on the hair. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just <laughs> kind of what you do to those people that don't ever kind of step back from you and just are there from you. And um, I think that's mad important. Like I think that's a really good lesson that this learned is like it showed like you could you could take the path that people are telling you you're not meant to take because only you know what you're capable of and only you yourself are going to have to go through it. Like what Remy went through, like all the ups and downs while he was in the kitchen, like his family didn't go through that till the end. And all they really dealt with was the ups. Like they just, yeah. they just helped him in the kitchen, you know? So I think you are your biggest supporter. You have to believe in yourself and, and take the path, especially when you know, like when you know in your mind, like this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. Then you got to be brave because you can make a difference. Like that passion, like people are watching that. So I thought that was a really good message within the movie as well. And you see that like with Linguini and you see that with Remy as they become more confident in their passion together. Like Linguini's no longer as like. Yes. Not as awkward. Yeah. Well, even with Linguini, at the end of the scene, he was no longer in the kitchen. He like confessed that he had no talent, no passion for cooking. And it's like, I'm I'm being an imposter. I really don't like food. Like, I don't want to cook it. <laughs> yes. I'll serve it. I won't cook it. <laughs> but boy, can he roller skate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Sonic, what? <laughs> A hundred percent. He was like, all I want to do is wait and skate. That's it. I just want to wait and skate. Um. So you had mentioned like maybe he was drunk in like the first day or whatever. Um. This was actually one of the first Disney movies to portray like wine in it and the action of getting drunk. Really? Yes. Which I didn't notice. And fun fact. Um. Disney and Pixar were going to bring like a French produced Ratatouille branded wine to Costco stores and California Wine Institute um, basically bitched a fit and they were like cartoon characters are going to encourage underage drinking. Well, jokes on you, California Wine Institute, because underage drinkers don't drink wine anyways. We drink Mad Dog 2020 and pop off. Get out of here. <laughs> Four locos. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, I was reading this and I was like, yeah, because the wine is what was going to make us underage drink. Yeah. Like no. that, that but was it. That where was are the it. Mike's hard lemonade? Like, where's that? Thank you. Like, <laughs> what are you? I'm 
like we I just Can't had older friends. Label. I just had older <laughs> friends. Like they were like, Do you want a drink? I was like, it's free. Like, yeah, go ahead. Like it just made me laugh really hard because they thought that like Remy, I guess Remy on a bottle. I guess that was what they planned to do. I don't know. And then I'm like, I would have loved that. Me too. And then I'm like, also, have you seen Roger Rabbit? Because isn't aren't they basically drunk that whole movie? I feel like all I remember is that they're drunk. Like the guy's legit an alcoholic. Yeah. And so I'm like, that was like that was my favorite time, movie though. growing up. What about <laughs> Pinocchio? They try to say there was no drinking in that movie. No, um, get out of here. They were doing some cocaine. Hello. Hell, they were I remember on saying Pleasure a cigar. Island. And that's why Jiminy Cricket did not make it into Ratatouille because he was a shitty ass conscience. Thank you. You know who was a good conscience? <laughs> Deploy. Gusto. Gusto. That's who was a good conscience. Get out of here, Jiminy. He got me in the giggles. Like, Gusto, when he was like, I don't know. I'm a figment of your imagination. That was my favorite. And they threw that in specifically because they threw it in specifically because in the original writing of the show, he was actually alive still of the Mm. movie. And then they decided like there was too many storylines going on to to really keep his storyline in it, but they wanted him to be part of it. So they scratched his part. They made him the conscious conscience. And then they made it a point to say, like, I'm a figment of your imagination. So people knew that it was just a conscience and it wasn't really like a ghost. Yeah. Well, and I think the way they did relationships in this movie was also. Oh, phenomenal. Yes. The fact and I like when I was talking about it with Eddie after the fact that like they did not have Linguini and Remy actually verbally speak to each other but they had this whole like you were invested in that relationship and there was absolutely no words yes they have like had they had broken that wall between them and like had them speak I don't think the movie would have been as good no because watching their relationship with like the hair pulling and the biting and that's like really added to the movie. Like it just added so much content and like it hit your senses in a certain way that like you just like yeah. wanted more where if they were just like, hey, I'm going to tell you what to put in here and you're going to do it. Like that literally cuts out a lot of the movie. Yeah, that's true. I um. like I thought it was so great. I do love I did love I didn't really care too much for the story between Linguini and Colette like that little whole little it was it was cute it was cute but like I wouldn't have realized if it wasn't in the movie you know what I mean yeah Yeah, Yeah. no and that's and like but I did love Colette and I love how she said in the movie like do you know how hard it is for a woman in the kitchen and I think that's like just something so so honest on it yeah and the fact that like it was probably a room of male writers and to include that like hey there is a struggle of being a dip like not the main gender the head gender i guess yeah the more prominent gender yes to be like represented and it's like no it is hard for a woman to move up in the culinary world because if you think of famous chefs i think of gordon ramsay i think of emerald glassy i think of like Anthony Bourdain, yes. but it's never, there's never a woman that mm. pops up, other than like Rachel Ray, but I don't believe in her. So like, 
Did you notice, speaking of famous chefs, did you notice the resemblance from Horst to Gordon Ramsay? Yes. I, I'm a big Ramsay fan. Paul's not as much as me. He doesn't not like him. Like, we watch Hell's Kitchen. We watch MasterChef. We watch all these cooking shows, which is another reason we love the movie, because it's kind of right up our alley. Um, But, yeah, he really resembles Ramsay. And then um, one of Skinner's lines in, like, the beginning he says, welcome to hell. Um, and like Kitchen. In, in Hell's Kitchen, Gordon Ramsay often tells the contestants, welcome to hell when they come in. Hmm. Because it's Hell's Kitchen. Love this movie so much. Again, the little things. It gets me. I, it, it really does like inspire me to cook. Um, it was funny, though, because as we were watching it, and Eddie was like, man, that would be so cool to like have that you know with Remy and everything but he's like that never happened with me and I looked at him and I was like why and he was like how a rat gonna control me when I don't have no hair I as soon as bitch as soon as you said he said that in my head I was like it's because he's bald you know how though I figured this (laughs) out already like in two instances uh it would be do you remember that one arcade game called DDR it was like a dancing game with like yeah, arrows. Dance That's revolution. how he would control him. Yeah. On his head. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Left, up, down, center. <laughs> He's all hitting the combos. He's all hitting the yeah. combos on his head. <laughs> That's how he would control him. Don't worry, Squeaks. We got you. Don't worry, Squeaks. Bald men were not well represented in this episode. So, <laughs> you know, we can fix our on that. But, um, Another fun question, if you guys, one cuisine, so obviously this was for, featuring French cuisine, okay. one cuisine, rest of your life, what would it be? Are we talking like, my life. when you say cuisine, is it like a region, so like only French food, or is it like a specific dish? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I couldn't pick a specific dish for the rest of my life. Damn, I don't um, know. <sighs> that's hard. Okay. I th- mm. <laughs> You have me stuck. See your face. I think I think for me it would have to be it's a tie between Thai food and Indian food. I love Thai food. Like <clears throat> there have you ever got have you ever tried uh, mango sticky rice? It's the freaking best dessert you'll ever have. It's rice with like sweet condensed milk on it. And they put like sweet mango, like fresh mango on it. And you just eat it like that. It's freaking amazing. Um, And I love curry. I love all colors of curry. I do not discriminate. (laughs) Yes. Right. But then like, I also love like naan. I love a good, you know, chicken tikka masala. Like, (laughs) you see the dilemma here. (laughs) I love butter chicken. (laughs) So. uh, but I think I would be leaning more towards Thai food because of the desserts, too. <laughs> I. So um, I'm like stuck. I'm like I'm a carby, like a carby eater. And so I love my pastas. And so like part of me would go like Italian just because like that's the best pasta you're going to get. Uh, but then like the part of me that's doing keto right now. It's mm-hmm. like maybe that's not your best bet, but we're going to pretend I'm not doing keto. I think I would. I think I would go Italian. I love 
Like, that was my toss-up. It was, like, Italian food. I mean, but I have to go with Greek. I love Greek Oh. Absolutely, like, mid, like, Mediterranean food. Hands down, my favorite. I could eat it. Because, like, the flavors are just so fresh and, like, they just light on your tongue. And they're just, like, I love lamb. I Like, lamb is absolutely, when it's cooked right, it's just so delicious and juicy. And then you have all of the fresh veggies that they use. And, like, the, oh, I just love Greek food. Mm. Sign me up. And I love baklava. Like, um, I will. So I've never had baklava and then it's like the dessert right yeah so we went when we were in disney world when we were in epcot we had paid for like a fireworks show dinner which was kind of a shit show um but we basically we paid a lot of money for a seat like on the water to and we got like a three-course meal included and then unlimited drinks and we got to watch the fireworks um, we got our food before we even got one drink that includes water. Hmm. Um, the menu was kind of small. Um, we got a three course meal, but we shared the desserts. Like it was like three small desserts and we shared them, which kind of sucks. Cause like, if you like one dessert and you both like the same dessert, which is kind of what happened, you're eating half a dessert and it's not even half cause the portion size is already small. Um, and then the other frustrating part is like we paid all this money. And so picture a back patio, right? And then it's literally just cut in half by a rope. Like there's just a brown rope that hangs and there's eight tables here. So it's us and like seven other people. And then there's like eight tables here. And we assume like they must close this patio area off because we paid for like this special dining and and they yeah. don't. So like other people got to come sit at the same spot as us and order off the menu. and. And they, they, it honestly paid a hundred dollars at least, $150 to $175 less than we paid. And they just ordered off the menu and they got the same view for the show, which was a shitty show view anyways, because it was like towards the side. They wouldn't let us stand up. There was little girls like in front of us wouldn't let them stand up um, at all. Like they made you sit and like I paid for this. So I don't care if the people behind me can't see because they didn't pay for this. Yeah. And um and like the only other perk I guess would be unlimited drinks, but like we only she goes the only rule is you have to finish one drink before like your unlimited drinks kicks in. Well, I didn't feel like drinking. And so mm-hmm. I just got a diet coke. Paul got I don't know, some kind of drink. And then he finished his and literally like like I said we got it after dinner was served anyways, our water and our drinks after dinner was served. So basically we're done eating and I like wave her down. I'm like, can he get another drink? Like what, like what is taking so long? She's like, just one. I'm like, no, go ahead and give me one. And I didn't want one, but like I wanted him to have another drink waiting. Like, yeah, we're watching the fireworks show. Uh, But that was all. She didn't come back again. She didn't offer me a drink. She didn't offer him a drink. Like it was very, very lackluster. It was in like Morocco. It's like very, very lackluster. Um, But the baklava was delicious. (laughs) <laughs> I I love but see like food will will make or break your experience. And yeah. all like in all things. Like we are such a society and I think I know my family, when we get together, there's food upon like food is such like it's yeah. a love it's a love language. 
It really is. And I think, like, the way the, this movie portrays food and, like, when Remy is trying to get his brother to, like, identify on his on his palate, like, no, no, slow down and enjoy the food. And how it, like, brings them together, mm-hmm. I think it's just absolutely wonderful how to bring that, like, your your experience now is, like, well... I had this awful experience. The food was I like for what you paid in. Like that's Yeah. That does. But the baklava was good. He would have he would have he would have done me right. So um question. Cause this cause we're all I feel like we are all kind of foodies. Like we all really enjoy our food. Um is there any part of this movie that you were like, I want that? Because- Honestly, the ratatouille. The the final dish that he made looks freaking bomb.com. Um, for me, it was literally the melted cheese. When he's with his brother and it's all melted and gooey. I was <laughs> like, that's it. I want that. I want that melty cheese on a stick. I want that. Yes. <laughs> cool. Like the cool thing about ratatouille is, and I know, and I'm gonna like kind of like that is essentially a poor person's mill right that's what ratatouille is that's why when ego looked at or like even skinner was like this bitch gonna serve him like tomatoes right because that's majority of what it is like right but i know growing up poor it was like it and i know like we all kind of have that same similar background we Mm -hmm. we didn't grow up with like the best of means we had what we needed we didn't have always what we wanted right right? but we were taken care of and so I think, like, to think of back in our childhood, if we were to be ego in that moment, mm-hmm. what is the dish? It reminded me. transport you back. It reminded me of Susie's sandwiches that she used to have with her mom. That oh, whole yeah. scene. That whole scene. <laughs> that whole scene when he, like, takes a bite and then it transports him back. All I could see in yeah. my head was Susie and her sandwiches and her two liter of soda that they passed around yeah. and shared. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what I pictured. <sighs> Literally, I thought of that, too. And I was thinking of, like, my own childhood. Like, what is that meal that's, like, my mom made this? And um, I don't know the Arabic term for it. I'm sure. Whatever. But my mom used She's to- about to get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the whatever meant. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to try it, but I know it's it's wrong because I was going to say canefe, but it's not canefe. But there is this little like Arab pizzas that my mom used to make. And it literally is like a biscuit with like meat, some chopped up onions, tomato. Like it's so good. One of the most simplest things. But when my mom made it, it was like a treat and it was that kind of comfort food for us. Yes. Or literally just uh, pita bread with like we call it lebanese and it's like a sour cream bread thing it's but it's a little bit more tight tart and you mix it with olive oil and some um like zaatar on it so good and it's like so like what is so i know susie has her sandwiches but like what are those foods for you diana no literally we used to make pizzas out of biscuits like i was sitting here trying to think of like I was trying That's to think so of funny. What? I was trying to think of like what food do I remember from my childhood? And to be honest with you, one of the foods I remember from my childhood is top ramen. And as an adult, I could very rarely eat it. Sometimes it sounds good, but it's because 
um, someone my mom was married to at one point, like every day, like we would sit down and have top ramen and sit down and watch Little House on the Prairie. He made us. That was like his thing. Like that was lunch. We watched like Little House on the Prairie. And so um, for a long time, I just, I couldn't even look at top ramen. Um, but now I like, now if it sounds good, I'll eat it. My kids like it. So like, I don't, I haven't bought it in a long time. They usually eat it at my mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we used to take, um, biscuits and flatten them. And ours were like very plain. Cause I'm a picky eater. Mm-hmm. So we would do like a pizza sauce and then cheese and a few pepperonis and bake it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is we used to make pizza on, um, English muffins. Yes. We mm-hmm. used to do that too. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I I mean, like, you guys obviously know, like, the whole pizza story. But I think if I had to really identify, like, a specific food that my mom cooked that I truly enjoyed, um, it it was, she used to cook this dish, and she still does it, if I ask. And it's more of, like, a special occasion dish. Um, it's called arroz con pollo. It's a very simple dish, if you really think about it. So it's Spanish rice, right? The base is Spanish rice. And you add chicken um like shredded chicken and then you can add honestly like any type of vegetables i prefer mine with olives and capers and shredded um carrots and you like cook it all together and it just it's a bowl of amazingness so like usually on my birthday is when i will ask for arroz con pollo because my mom makes the best arroz con pollo obviously because i'm i don't know biased about that but (laughs) i love it um I can think of like other dishes too, but honestly, that's like the one that like stands out to m- the most, like of the foods that my mom would actually cook. My mom would try to cook, and then like the smoke alarms would go off, and so <laughs> we didn't. I literally have a picture one time of like she was cooking, and the smoke alarm was going off so much. My dad would have to like when we well, after she married my stepdad, um, the smoke alarm that we have like a coat closet, and then above it, it's just like a really big spot that you could like put a decoration at, but it's like very a, a platform. And mm-hmm. then the smoke alarm is back against that wall. So we'd have to get a ladder, climb onto the platform and then uh. turn the smoke <laughs> alarm off. And so one time she was cooking and it went off so many times. He finally just sat up there with his beer until she was done making dinner. And I literally have a picture of him. I think kids, I think a couple kids went up with him and, um, <laughs> But yeah, he's just sitting up there with his beer waiting for dinner to be done cooking so he could get down. So like the joke was always like if the smoke alarm goes off, like mom's cooking and Paul cooks and he used to be a chef. And so mom will now very often message Paul and go, I'm cooking this meat today. How should I do it? I'm cooking whatever, what temperature does it need to be on? It's so funny, but I love it. Like it's so cute (laughs) to watch her like really like learn how to cook these things. And like dad's loving it, I'm sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So as like we're all talking about family and I think this movie has a great message of just slowing down and enjoying the little moments. So I got to watch this movie in bits and pieces and I will say Kyrie was into it in the bits and pieces that she was home watching it. Did you guys get to watch it with your kids and how did they enjoy it or did they not enjoy it? This was definitely not a Marco favorite. He was not about this movie. Just, just zero interest, like from the get go. Like, mm, no. Yeah, He's it, like, this is not Toy Story. What well, is, there's not Woody? like there's not like the music behind it that like would really keep yeah. an, an, like a toddler's interest. I feel like so I could see that. Yeah. 
Um, I actually called a family movie night. Like I took my mom slash new wife, Rain, and I said, hey, we're watching a movie tonight. It's family movie night. And I had told them like the day before we were doing it, just like to prep them, like, don't get too excited tomorrow to like be on your electronics because you're mine. And <laughs> um, and so I, t- I tell them like, OK, you know, whatever, we're watching it. So they're on their electronics and you're going to learn this when your kids are older. But like electronics, as great as they are, they're actually also the devil because my kids are mm. my kids are fantastic. But if I give them electronics for too long, whether it's just like a weekend, we have nothing going on or I'm really busy and it just. Like I, I'm not paying attention to the time or whatever the reason may be. And I try not to do it often, but then there are these zombies. And then when I take their electronics that they've had for 12 hours away, they are like crying. Like it's gen- generally the end of the world. Oh, like, gosh. I'm like, what, I'm like, what are we doing? So I tell them Withdraw like. Withdraw syndromes. <laughs> correct. So they're all three playing at the table, my, my older three. And I'm like, hey, like in 10 minutes, we're starting this movie. And they all immediately are like, ugh. And then my oldest, my stepdaughter, she's like, I don't even like movies. Like, I don't even want to watch this movie. I don't like movies. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, like this next two hours is going to be so boring for you then. Like, <laughs> dang. And then, um, you know, like Chesney's whining. She's like, we just started this next um, level or something. I'm like, I, I've been telling you guys for like two days. I told you 30 minutes ago. Like, I've given you enough warning. Like, I, oh, well. So then a few minutes later, I'm like, okay, I want everyone to be in like a good mood for the movie because, you know, I'm the bad mom that took away the electronics. And so I go, hey, like, why don't you guys like get a dessert ready? Like, why don't you get something yummy to eat while we watch this movie? Girls get ice cream. They sit by each other. Huck's not stupid. So he sits right in the middle of his sisters because he's like (laughs) getting a bite from one and a bite from the other and make me and Buster keto cookies. And like, we're sitting by each other with Paul on the couch and we start the movie and, um, you know, we're like watching it. Everyone's laughing, talking, conversating. Like, you know, it's good. We're all watching it. Huck did really well. He probably sat the first like 35 to 40 minutes of the movie, like just sat. But he was also getting literally spoon fed ice cream. So like I, mm-hmm. I would sit too, but I looked over multiple times and his eyes were locked on the screen. Hmm. Um, and so I really, really loved that. Like, I do think he liked it. I do think he would have sat longer had there been more music. Because after that, he got down. He was coming to me. He was going to Buster. He was going to Paul. Um, but he wasn't really watching it. Buster enjoyed the movie. Um, Chesney, y'all will hear from here on Chesney's Corner. I try not to burst her Chesney's Corner bubble. Um, you will hear from her. And the next day, I asked Maya, I said, oh, you never told me, like, what you thought of Ratatouille. Like, and sometimes I think just her age, it's sometimes hard to get like a good, like her and Buster are both just like, oh, it was good or oh, it was bad or oh, I didn't like it. And I'm like, y'all are making this real boring for my podcast. Like, I need a why. <laughs> like, I need more info. Like, I want to shout you out. Like, I need it. So I asked her and actually I loved her response because she said, I actually liked the movie. And she said, I thought, she goes, I wouldn't have liked it if the mouse was just being chased around the whole movie, which is what I thought was happening based on the Imagineering story that highlights the ride. Oh. And I also watched that story. So when she said that, I knew exactly what she meant. And then it made sense that she didn't want to watch the movie to me. Like it didn't, she's a Disney fan. So it didn't make sense at first. Then I go, oh, like in her mind, she's about to watch this mouse just get chased around for two hours. Like, okay, I get it now. 
And she goes, but actually it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was actually a pretty funny movie. Like it was, it was good. And, um, she was like, she, she actually had like this thought process behind everything. And it just made so much sense. But like, we all enjoyed it. Paul loved the movie. I loved the movie. And I actually hadn't watched Ratatouille. I knew parts of it. I knew it was a really cute movie. I knew what it was centered around. I read tons of reviews on it. I've seen bits and pieces, but like you guys know when you're a mom or you're just busy or you sit down to watch a movie, maybe it's just me. When I sit down to watch a movie, I often start feeling anxious that I'm just sitting down doing nothing and I have a list of things to do. So 100%. So then I'm like cleaning the kitchen while I watch the movie or I'm folding laundry or I'm running up and down stairs. I have a very, Paul gets irritated, like, or I'm on my phone. Like, I just feel like I should be doing something. Paul gets so irritated sometimes because he's like, just sit down and watch the movie or just sit down and watch a show with me or put your phone down. It's like an anxiety thing. If I'm sitting down, like, even if I'm just sitting and I'm on my phone while we watch a show, my mind's doing multiple things. So I feel like I'm not forgetting something. Yeah. And so I've been called mom guilt. Yeah. I've been really working on putting my phone down. So during Ratatouille, I did. And I just sat except for maybe like, two parts when I was like getting the cookies out of the oven and I had to use the restroom at one part. Um, but, but I, before that, before this time I, I tried watching it, but like, I just never, like, I'm not good at just sitting through a movie. And if it's late at the end of the night, there's a good chance I'm falling asleep because you know, I have four kids. Um, so when I went on the ride, which I had watched Imagineering story on, like I was very interested in the ride and the duplicates. Let me tell you the ride's amazing. Um, Sarah, I got to watch while I was in Disney World. It's tough to be a bug. And this ride is it's tough to be a bug on crack. Like, you know, on. Yes. Like, you know, on it's tough to be a bug, how like you get sprayed with water and you get whatever. Okay, so in this ride, you're sitting in like this little car, but in the car, the car is Remy. Like you're sitting, you're, you are Remy. So when you're on the ride, once you get into it, everything's huge. And you are like the little mouse compared to the big tables. And you're on the floor in the kitchen and you're going under tables and you're being chased. So like at one point they try to hit you with the mop and you get hit with water. Like it was the mop. Uh, Did it smell like fabuloso? And then at one point you're under the stove, you know, in the movie, when he ignites the fire in the stove on the bottom of the stove. So yeah. at one point you're under that. And when they ignite that thing, all of a sudden you're just like, whoosh, and you're just full of heat. Like your whole face is like melting off. Like. Yeah. <laughs> basically. But it's like, so, so it's literally like, I, it reminded me of tough to be a bug because it had like the getting wet. It had the heat. It had the wind. It had all of these like things that you're feeling, but all the while you're on this ride and you're like ducking and dodging, like that everyone from the kitchen trying to swat you and get you and catch you. And then, and then you're in the back with like the cheese and you see like Emil and it's just, it is so, it is amazing. Like it is really, really amazing. Like I wish I would have got to ride it twice, uh, but it kept breaking down so much when we were there, probably cause it was like, I'm tired. It's hot. I can't do this anymore. I need a break. Um, and I was like also feeling like that. So I was like, no, I get, I get it. Um, <laughs> But so when I watch the movie for reals this time, I go, oh, 
And Paul goes, what? And I go, it's just like the ride. And then I felt like, um, I felt like when I watched Cars and I was like, it's just like Cars Land. (laughs) Oh, Diana. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe like, because I feel like I've seen these movies because I know I've turned them on. But because like my anxiety doesn't let me like really just sit and watch something new. Mm. I just. I could sit and watch things I've seen before. But I like watching something new is hard. I don't know. But I didn't realize, just like cars, that like I haven't seen the movie all the way through. But I was so caught up on the ride and the ride was amazing. And then when I saw the movie, the ride was that much more amazing. Hmm. Yeah. I'm jelly. Yeah, don't don't go in July and August. It's disgusting. Everyone there, everyone there that we talked to was like, Oh, you definitely came out the worst time you could come. And I was like, well, Paul picked the wedding date. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Paul. Oh, it's that time. We're going to do it, guys. What are we doing? Would this go into Disney Mom Hall of Fame? Is it a Hall of Fame? Like, would you guys like the of? Or I like the O, but, you know, personal preference. I'm always a fan of O's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. O's, why not? <laughs> it's the Disney mom gone wrong, Hoth. Mm. It's the Hoth. <laughs> so would it go in? I, I think so. I think not only did it have a good storyline, but, like, it was just so well-researched and executed, um, I definitely think that it goes in. Okay. Susie? So I'm going to say no. I knew you were going to say no. I knew, No, I'm just kidding. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, it, it just wasn't a movie, though I've seen it like a thousand times because, like, you know, it was on replay at my house when I was a kid. Um, it just... I... <sighs> There's just something about it that I just couldn't like emotion, not, not emotionally, but like I couldn't attach to it. Just like with other Disney movies that I naturally like gravitate towards. There wasn't that spark for me. Though the movie is, is a decent movie. It's a, it's, you know, okay. <laughs> um, like I said, the scene with the whole rats in the kitchen, I just, my mind can't can't get past that scene every time I watch the movie. I don't know. She's, she's like Kyrie when uh, she <laughs> met Mickey Mouse. She ain't. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of something else. I'm sorry. I feel like. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. So. While I absolutely, absolutely love this movie, I will watch this movie when, I, like, Kyrie say the word I am there. I'm down to watch this movie. I would not put it in the Hall of Fame because I don't think it will. Like, I already feel like it's a forgotten movie. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't. I I just, I feel like it's, it, I, it has like a little peak coming out right now I, with the ride. But I feel like we don't recognize. But the ride's not new anymore. Like, the ride's been there. Like, it's, and there's a whole... There's a whole town in Disney World strictly based off of this movie. And that for me, like, they don't do that to movies that don't last, if that makes sense. Like, like this is a movie that's going to last. And it's, it won them so many awards. And it brought a lot of names out 
and they used amazing actors in it. And just like the research employees, they put it, they studied lab rats for, I don't need, like hundreds of lab rats for mannerisms. Can you imagine that being your job? That would not be my damn job. I would quit. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it. I work for Pixar. Okay, well, what do you do for Pixar? I watch. I, wa- I watch rats. I watch rats. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's forgotten and I don't think it's going to be forgotten. I don't think, I think Disney did a, a great job of making the movie and then making this land in Disney world that is so beautiful and the ride is just so unique and like, there's not another ride like this. Like, I don't think Ratatouille is going to be forgotten because I think that people are going to remember it for everything that you think of when you think of the movie and that goes with the ride in the land and Huck loves his little chef outfit and dressing like Remy and I I saw that that was cute and that was I really think, cute I yeah. think it's gonna last I see I feel like we don't hear about it as much as we potentially should like I just and I stand for this movie I love yeah. this movie I just don't I I think it is the top of Pixar. I do think if you ask, go up to like the demographic it was essentially made for kids, right? If you go up to kids and ask them about Ratatouille, I think it would be a hit and miss kind of. Well, they probably would think that his name is Ratatouille and not Remy. Like, that's the thing. It's like you just assume, right? You know, um, you know, you know what that means. You know what that means when you assume. <laughs> Come on now. Um, Chesney and Buster during COVID, they would like to cook. And Buster would say, can I cook with Little Chef? He would call Chesney Little Chef. Oh, It was so cute. I'm back. Time for Chesney's Corner. Chesney. Yeah. I think our listeners missed you last week. I think so, too. I know. We miss Pocahontas. Yeah, we're still watching it, right? Oh, we're still watching it. Why did we miss Pocahontas? Uh, Where was I? You were at your honeymoon, and I think I was at Dad's. Yep, you were. All right, well, what movie did we watch this time? Ratatouille. Ratatouille. What did you think? I liked it, but, like, the last time I watched it, like, I watched that Dad's last time, and now to the last time I watched it, like, here, I don't know why, but I loved it so much. It was a really cool movie, right? It's probably because at that time, I wasn't really into, like, into, like, Ratatouille that much. Yeah? Yeah. And now you're, like, watching movies to grade them, so, like, now you pay more attention, you think? Yeah. I think you do, too. I've noticed that a lot lately when I watch movies with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was maybe a couple of your favorite parts of this movie? I really like I really liked the part where like he was in the kitchen and he was like riding under stuff and you told me at the at Disneyland there's like a ratatouille ride and you go when you go into like the oven it actually gets hot. Yeah. And like everything's big and it it, it seems it look it seems like you're that small. Yeah, in a Disney World in Epcot. Yeah, Disney World, not Disney. It was really, really cool. And there's a part, Chesney, where like they um, remember when he's mopping, he pushes the mop to hit the rat or something to hit Remy, and water flies on you. <laughs> it's crazy. 
So um, what do you think about this movie um, in general? Do you think it's a good watch for everyone? Yes. Did you take away any lessons from this movie? Um, maybe, maybe like follow your, follow your heart, do what makes you happy, even if everyone's not going to, um, support you. I knew what you were thinking. And I think that's, I think that's really important, don't you? Mm-hmm. If you really love something, some people are going to want you to do what they want you to do. But it's important that we do what's important to us, right? Yeah. All right, Chesney. Well, what do you think? Is this movie a must-see? Mm, yeah. You guys, all you eight-year-olds, you heard it here first. Ratatouille is a must-see. All right, Chesney. Until next week. Oh, bye bye everybody. <laughs> bye. See you next week. Um, something we didn't do. I'm just gonna shout out a couple real quick if you guys are okay with it. Is um, hidden Mickey's, and there oh, are yeah. a lot in this movie. So I, I don't know what you guys found, but there's a lot, and I don't have to read them all off. Um, but I do want to shout some out because they're just stuff we normally shout out. So, the Pizza Planet truck appears on the bridge um, in the scene where Skinner's chasing Remy. Um, hmm. In one scene, there's a rat with the little tag clipped to its ear. The tag says A113 on it. Um, How did I miss that? Yes, there's also um, A113 on a train that's on the TV when Remy's watching the TV. Um, when at the very end, when he asks what he wants for a dessert and Ego looks up at Remy and says, surprise me there, the pans behind him make a hidden Mickey head. Hmm. Um, 23 minutes into the movie that when you see the soup, there's a hidden Mickey in the soup. Um, when he says surprise me, that would have been such a great like segue for the gray stuff. That missed opportunity, Disney. Because I mean, Beauty and the Beast is set in France. When um, Remy is climbing out of the sewer for the very first time, there's a dog barking, and you can only see the dog's silhouette, but it's Doug from Up. Mm. I love Doug. Um, and then there's uh, The Incredibles. When when Remy, this part I also think was very inappropriate when he goes to put the mouse in the front of his pants. And you could literally see down the whole front of his pants. I felt like that was a little awkward. It wasn't like a little bit. Like you could literally see down the front of his pants. His boxers have incredible symbols on them for the Incredibles. Hmm. Hmm. And speak of the Incredibles, this one I actually caught without Googling. And I felt like hella proud of myself. But I'm like, like it's the same as me. <laughs> no, it is. Because I, I see that look. I know. <laughs> I, I feel your vibes through We're whatever. Vibing right now. We are We're vibing. vibing. But the villain from The Incredibles, Bon Voyage, yes. is in the background in Ratatouille. And you see him being a little mime, mime. doing his mime thing, and there's Bon Voyage. And I caught that one with no help at all. And I felt 
so damn proud of myself in that moment. I was like, stop, rewind, and I said. So, the one other one I'm going to mention, and I'm going to mention it because it's going to lead into something. It's why I saved it for last, is the cockroach hall from Wally is seen on the wall of Linguini's apartment when he turns the light on and he was trying to get his bike from the apartment. This was considered to be a node to Wally, the next Pixar movie that was coming out at the time, which happens to be the next Pixar movie we will be reviewing. So what that means, guys, is we have to get a hold of the big boss because this was the movie that he wants to be on because it's one of his faves. I'm I'm really getting tired that episode. You guys though. better you guys better send in your reviews on Apple Podcast hashtag Save Sarah. No one is sending in that review, Sarah, and I'm beginning to think they yeah, have. It I don't for think you. they want to save mm-hmm. me. I'm like really getting concerned for your um job. Mm-hmm. So I think so too. But then at the same time, I per- like we're like the United Nations. I provide a dem- like a different demographic. You do, and so <laughs> um like I'm pretty sure. If we have Middle <laughs> Eastern viewers, then my people. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, also you keep us you keep us out of trouble, so I don't know about that. I no, no, you're in trouble a lot, but you keep me and Susie out of trouble because you're in the hot seat all the time, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> You keep you know, it occupied. I, you know when there's like the kind of bad kids in class, but then there's a the really bad yes. kid in class. So you can't really you keep focus it on the kind of bad because you <laughs> you appreciate the kind of bad kids when the bad kid. So we're the kind of bad kids. Like we sit in the back of the mm-hmm. class, but like you yell in class. But I like. Yes. I feel. I feel that I need to be the bad. Like <laughs> if yeah. I wasn't bad, would this still be? Disney mom's gone wrong. No, it wouldn't. And that's why we are all villains. Just because I'm bad guy doesn't mean I'm bad guy. <laughs> and if you know what movie that's I Disney point right there. She said, damn, let us know. <laughs> Wreckity Ralphity. Damn. I spoiled it. Oh god, it. I spoiled my own Oh damn. <laughs> this is why I get fired. Kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> Don't fire me. Don't fire me. I love, love, love this. <laughs> My ladies, well, thank you for this delicious treat. I'm so glad I got to be here this time. I'm so glad you're back. I know. I'm never leaving for that long again. I should have brought my stuff to podcast so with glad you you're guys back. while we were gone. <laughs> you should have, but it's like, I guess it was, but, you know, your honeymoon and everything. Whatever. So ridiculous. Wah, wah, wah. you guys please follow us on social media disney moms gone wrong on facebook and instagram dmgw podcast on twitter and go to your favorite purple podcast app scroll down to disney moms gone wrong scroll down again and drop a review hashtag save sarah is gonna get you a uh, caffeinated drink of sorts please don't forget and also geek freaks has a um giveaway going on and i don't know it actually might be over by the time this giveaway. comes out they have a giveaway but we'll write on our facebook for right, we can force the boss to do another giveaway oh yeah. i love giveaways yeah, this is how i'm gonna get written up again okay so frankie because i'm saying this boss man you have to do another giveaway 
Lo siento, but no lo siento. No lo siento. I'm just siento. Till next time. Adios. Adios. Bye. 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 Till next time.